As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, among them several stand out for their support of immune function and respiratory health, NAC, Allerol, Serapeptase, and Abiotic Immune Plus. NAC promotes detoxification and healthy respiratory function. Allerol supports respiratory structures and functions. Serapeptase supports a healthy response to biological stress. And Abiotic Immune Plus is a botanical formula designed to support healthy immune system function. NAC, Allerol, Serapeptase, and Abiotic Immune Plus for support of immune function and respiratory health. And they're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, today we're going to talk about eye health, which is an important topic, uh, especially when it comes to nutrition. You know, there's a dawning awareness among uh, eye professionals that nutrition matters. And some of that has come to us uh, via an important series of studies called the AIRED studies. We'll talk about those uh, with today's guest. Uh, which indicate that uh, the use of certain supplements may be helpful for degenerative eye diseases. Uh, our guest today is Dr. Rudrani Banik. She's a board-certified ophthalmologist. Uh, she is also a neuro-ophthalmologist and is also has gone on to obtain a certification as a functional medicine practitioner. So she really uh, offers an intelligent medicine approach to eye problems. She's rigorously trained uh, conventionally. Uh, she performs uh, surgery and uh, treats patients with serious eye disorders, but she also brings uh, to uh, the treatment her perspective on nutrition, botanicals, lifestyle modification, uh, even in movement, uh, the use of essential oils and supplements. Uh, she's founder of N-Vision Health, that's EN Vision Health. It's a private practice in New York City. And she's an associate professor of ophthalmology at Mount Sinai's Icon, Icon School of Medicine, where she does uh, clinical trials research and she teaches. Uh, she's written numerous uh, scientific articles. She's presented at national and international meetings. And uh, she's a great communicator about eye health and her latest effort to get the word out is a brand new book entitled Beyond Carrots, Best Foods for Eye Health A to Z. And so here's Dr. Bannock. It's a pleasure having on the program, Dr. Bannock. Thanks very much for joining us. By the way, this is a reprise because we've talked to Dr. Bannock before a couple of years ago. Uh, now she's got a new book to talk about. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hoffman, for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to, to speak with you and to, to share the information that I have. So thank you. Well, I really like the title of the book, Beyond Carrots, because uh, I, I often talk about, you know, the Bugs Bunny theory of eye health and eye nutrition, which is eat a lot of carrots, right? So we, we want to go beyond. We know that carrots contain beneficial substances, but there's a whole lot more to eye nutrition than 
Bugs Bunny envisioned, right? Absolutely. And I like to say carrots are the tip of the iceberg when it comes to ocular nutrition. Um, yes, they're important. They provide beta carotene, which is a precursor to vitamin A, which we need to prevent dry eyes and also night blindness. But are so many other nutrients our eyes need to stay healthy. And that's why I wrote this book really was to uh, kind of shatter the myth that carrots are the only thing people need to eat, because I think that's what gets propagated through generations is just see your carrots, your eyes will be fine. But it's not as simple as that, unfortunately. Right. It, it, from what I recall, there's uh, substances in carrots, uh, specifically the vitamin A, the precursor, the beta carotene and the other carotenoids that seem to have play a role in helping uh, the rods of the eyes. The rods are the, the uh, part of the uh, visual apparatus that helps you see in, in, in dim conditions, dark light uh, conditions, right? Yes, absolutely. So uh, the, the vitamin A derivative from carrots is important for the light processing pathway and uh, for our retinal photoreceptors, which include both rods and cones. And so, yes, yeah, so if you don't have beta carotene in our diet or vitamin A in our diet, then we may be predisposed to night blindness because our, our photoreceptors just won't function properly. But, um, but again, it's one nutrient out of many that our eyes need. And, and also from an eye perspective, our eyes are really complex, complex organs. Uh, they're very small. They're about the size of a golf ball, but they have over 40 working parts. And all these parts, you know, work in concert to give us crisp, clear vision, almost like a symphony. And if we don't support all of those various parts with a diversity of nutrients, then our eyes are not going to function well. So uh, it is really is um, many nutrients to support many different parts of the eyes. And I think it's often an oversimplification where you talk about eye vitamins and minerals. And people often ask me, I'm going to show you, what, what's good for the eyes? And my answer is, it depends. Because as you say, there, you know, I was thinking in a rudimentary way, there's, you know, four or five different parts of the eye. You know, there's the, uh, you know, the, 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 the conjunctiva, you know, the, the surface of the eye, and then there's the lens inside the eye, then there's the retina, then there's the uh, optic nerve that goes to the brain. And there's part, actually part of vision is actually the brain itself, right? Uh, the, the visual cortex, yes, you yes. know, so, uh, you know, then there's conditions like glaucoma, you know, where the pressure of the eye is involved. And so it, to, to say that, uh, you know, as you often see in health food stores, you know, these eye formulas, well, it, one size doesn't fit all, does it? No, it doesn't. And actually, um, as you mentioned, you know, there are all these different parts of the eye and they all have different needs. It's not like they all need the same nutrients. For example, um, the optic nerve, which can get involved in glaucoma, or in many other conditions like optic neuritis, uh, ischemic optic neuropathy, uh, which is a type of optic nerve stroke and other types of optic nerve degenerations. The optic nerve is highly metabolically active. Um, it's, it is an extension of our brain and it needs certain nutrients to support its metabolic activity. It needs uh, nutrients to support its mitochondria, which are the energy powerhouses of the cells. So we need a whole range of B vitamins. We need a range of minerals. Um, antioxidants to support the optic nerve. And then when it comes to the retina, we also need certain specific eye health nutrients uh, that I like to call the eye health vitamins, even though they're not officially vitamins. Um, they're called lutein, zeaxanthin, and mesozeaxanthin. These are the macular carotenoids or type of carotenoid. And we our, our retinas need these nutrients 
to protect themselves. So these nutrients are like our internal filters, like our internal UV blockers and internal blue blockers. And we need, we need to get these nutrients and we need to get them from foods because our bodies can't make them. And then similarly, the cornea needs other nutrients, the lens needs other nutrients. So yes, we need a whole diverse range of these nutrients. And that's what my book highlights is, you know, all, what are these nutrients? Why do we need them? Why do our different parts? Why do the different parts of our eyes need these nutrients, and how can we get them? And, and you actually break it down very nicely into different categories of nutrients uh, that uh, respond to these different needs. You know, the energetic needs, uh, the support of the pigments, uh, and and so on. Um, and but is it not simplistic to say, you know, that just certain foods that contain essential nutrients or you can take certain supplements isn't uh, overall diet you know very crucial to eye health because uh, the eyes in a sense are sort of windows into uh, your body's uh, well-being and metabolic health you, you spend a lot of time peering into eyeballs you know you, you put that nasty substance into people's eyes where you know they walk outside and they're blinded by the sun uh, to dilate their pupils so that you can look at their retinas uh, but you actually gain a lot of information that way you can actually learn about uh, their metabolic status whether they have diabetes or whether they have hypertension or, or so on right Absolutely, yeah. So I, I just as you said, the eyes are a window to our health, and based off of an eye exam, uh, one can di- diagnose over two hundred different conditions. This is a systemic conditions, so not just eye conditions, but as you said, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, and other types of conditions as well. Certain um, uh, cardiac conditions can be diagnosed in an eye exam. Uh, cancers can be diagnosed in an eye exam. Uh, autoimmune conditions like lupus, for example, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's disease, thyroid eye disease, or thyroid uh, autoimmune thyroid disease like Hashimoto's or Graves' disease. All of these conditions can be found in an eye exam. And, and just as the eyes need certain nutrients, whatever nutrients the eyes need will also benefit other aspects of your health. So if you're eating right for your sight, um, as we would say, um, you're also benefiting your metabolic health, you're benefiting your heart health, you're benefiting your brain health. So it's not just that you're you're choosing to include these nutrients for your eyes, it's really for everything. Indeed. I mean, that could be an alternative uh, title for your book, Eat Right for Your Sight. Uh, I think I'll trademark that. Uh, yes, uh, actually, it's been, take, it's been it's taken been already. Taken. <laughs> okay. It's been taken already, yeah. <laughs> you did a comprehensive search so. of the competition before you wrote your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. Uh, actually, uh, uh, your your uh, second book, uh, Beyond Leafy Greens, the Macular Degeneration Solution, uh, is uh, on the launch pad. Uh, that specifically is a deep dive on the subject of macular degeneration. But from what I understand, uh, you can actually look at the eyeball, you know, look inside, you know, with a you know slit lamp, and you can see that people have a pale retina or a very rich or reddish orange retina that actually uh, says a lot about one's propensity to macular degeneration and it, and it has to do with these the, the your diet to some extent to a large extent yes so the retina um, is what is the part of the eye that's involved in macular degeneration and normally it has a r- very rich um, as you mentioned like a reddish orange hue and that's the normal color of actually we're seeing the blood, but the retina itself is transparent. What we're 
seeing are the blood vessels underneath the retina. But what happens in macular degeneration is that there are waste products that be begin to develop or get deposited underneath the retina. And these waste products have like a yellowish white appearance to them. And, and they are, um, uh, the, the official word for them is it's, they're called drusen, which is the German word for pebble or stone. So they look like little pebbles or stones underneath the retina. And they develop because the eyes are not protected. Um, and uh, oftentimes the two nutrients I mentioned earlier, lutein and zeaxanthin, those macular carotenoid levels are quite low in people who are predisposed to macular degeneration. Now, there are many other potential risks for macular degeneration, diet, other types of uh, dietary factors, genetics is a main component, smoking, um, uh, UV exposure, et cetera, pigmentation. But um, diet does play a major role in the prevention of vision loss from macular degeneration. It's just one example of how important nutrients can be for healthy eyesight. And it's just, uh, it's not just uh, simply a matter of uh, eating uh, lutein and zeaxanthin, although those are an important part of the equation. Uh, before, uh, you know, the, the, the real uh, progenitor of this was Bugs Bunny. You know, it's like eat carrots and have better vision. They knew that a long time ago. And then along came this guy named Dr. Craig Newsom, who was at, I think it was at the University of Louisiana, who did some of the initial research on macular degeneration. He was the first to actually demonstrate that a, a certain nutrient could slow the progression of macular degeneration. Yes. And since then, we have so much data to back uh, the use of various nutrients, lutein, zeaxanthin, but also vitamin C, vitamin E, copper, zinc, and um, the omegas are important as well, particularly omega-3s. And here's a fun fact. Yep. Um, we hear about omegas often when it comes to health, but the highest concentration of omega-3 in the body, DHA, is actually found in the eye, in the retina. Oh. And the retina is structurally made out of DHA, ma the majority of it. And so we need that. We need a constant supply of that to help structurally support our eyes, but also to protect our eyes. And so, uh, again, many people don't think of that, that link there between all of these various nutrients that we may be, you know, including in our diets for other reasons, but they benefit our eyes as well. And I've heard, and this is from veterinary medicine, is that if you deprive a cat, this is a little factoid that I'm sure you're aware of, of a key amino acid called L-taurine, that that will cause blindness in, in the cat. And, you know, people aren't cats. Cats eat a different diet than humans. Uh, it's tough to you know, raise a vegetarian cat. You probably do that cat a lot of damage since they're carnivores. But uh, is that uh, true to a certain extent for humans? Does taurine play a role in eye health? You know, it's so interesting that it's a well, it's a well-known condition in cats. Um, feline retinop retinopathy or feline retinal degeneration. Fortunately, it does happen in adults, at least not that we routinely see. <laughs> um, we do see, uh, you know, other types of um, uh, retinal uh, generations with certain types of diets. And these are typically more rare kinds of things when um, people have certain genetic SNPs or genetic vari uh, variants. And if they don't have a particular um, nutrient in their diet, then they can lose vision. Or if they have a particular nutrient in their diet, like um, 
phenylalanine if there's like too much of it then urea, sometimes that can, yeah, it can yeah exactly it can sometimes cause retinal degeneration so it can go both ways but it's interesting that the taurine specifically has not really translated from uh, the feline species to human species. I guess that's a good thing. But, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's different. Yeah. I mean, for animals, for example, are able to synthesize their own vitamin C, uh, except for humans and guinea pigs. We have to get it exogenously. We have to get it from outside. We can't make it. So, yeah, I mean, you can draw certain inferences from animal research that don't necessarily apply to humans. So along came uh, the ARIDS studies, and now there are uh, ARIDS formulas. Bausch and Lomb uh, glommed that up and made it their uh, intellectual property so that they can offer us uh, eye supplements. Uh, tell us about ARIDS. Yeah, so ARIDS was a very large, there are two ARIDS actually, ARIDS 1 and ARIDS 2, and both were uh, multi-centered clinical trials, prospective clinical trials funded by the NIH in the United States. And the first ARIDS study looked at almost 4,000 patients, and they gave them either placebo or a supplement, and that supplement had vitamin A, C, E, copper, and zinc. And the zinc was actually a fairly high dose of zinc. It was 80 milligrams in the first ARED study. And they followed these patients out. And these were patients who had some um, either no macular degeneration or a mild form of macular degeneration. They followed them out over five years. And they were looking for progression to see if people who weren't on the supplement were progressing compared to the ones who were on the supplement. And what they found was... I would have to say a little bit disappointing to the ophthalmic community because we had really high hopes for this. We really thought that, okay, if we supplement patients with what they're probably deficient in, that they will do better. But what ended up happening was that there was only a very small subset of patients who benefited, and the rest of the patients did not benefit from these vitamins. And the subset uh, were patients who had um, intermediate stage macular degeneration. So they already had a moderate, moderate stage of macular degeneration. And of those people, only about 25% of them did not progress to advanced macular degeneration. So again, not as, as uh, you know, useful or as helpful as, or protective, I should say, as what we would have hoped for. Um, so that was a first ARED study. The second ARED study um, took it a bit further. They added to the initial formulation, first of all, they took out vitamin A, because then there was a concern that vitamin A or the beta carotene um, would possibly lead to lung cancer in people who were smokers, right. even though it was there a very mild. There had been some studies uh, you know, were looking at uh, prevention of lung cancer with beta carotene, which is actually a very, very narrow sliver of the carotenoid family. These days, we prefer mixed carotenoids when we supplement pre-vitamin A. Yes. So, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's a very synthetic uh, form of vitamin A made by Kodak, in fact, was the, the main manufacturer of that. And it, it really hasn't panned out in, in studies because, you know, sometimes... Uh, it's not nice to f fool with Mother Nature. You know, we, we tend to okay. take a very s tiny sliver of what the things that are found in plants and we come up short. You know, so we want that mm -hmm. broad spectrum vitamin A. Anyway, so this is a exactly. sidelight. They, they dropped the beta carotene for reasons. They dropped that it the might beta carotene. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, they substituted, well, they say they substituted, they added to uh, a, a segment, an arm of the study, they added lutein and zeaxanthin. And they also had an arm of the other, study. Which are other carotenoids. Oh, carotenoids. Yeah. Yes. 
uh, same family, but slightly different. And those were the ones that were found in the macula, which is the area that gets involved in macular degeneration. So, um, so and then also uh, omegas were added, DHA and EPA were added, but in various combinations. So there was the placebo group. There was a group that got the original AREDs. Uh, I'm sorry, the placebo group was not a true placebo group. The placebo group got the original AREDs formulation minus the beta carotene. And then the other groups, the other two groups got the lutein. Um, and then the other group got the omegas. And then one group actually got all, all of it. <laughs> and so what did they find? Well, almost the same as the initial results. They found that... Uh, uh, only a small subset of people who had the intermediate form of macular degeneration benefited. So what is, where does that leave us? Well, it, it leaves us with, if you have intermediate macular degeneration, yes, you should take the AREDS2 formulation. And that formulation, now it's been revised. It has lutein, zeaxanthin, vitamin C, E, copper, and zinc at a lower dose. So the 80 milligrams of zinc was concerning because it is above the U.S. recommended daily allowance of uh, 40 milligrams. So um, so they did reduce that zinc uh, and they did not add in the omegas. So that's the current AREDS2 formulation. But uh, if you go to see most eye doctors, most ophthalmologists, retina specialists, they will say, do not take the AREDS2 unless you fall into that category, the intermediate stage of macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I beg to differ. I think that perhaps you shouldn't take that that specific formulation, but if you cannot get enough of these nutrients from your diet, then yes, you should take an eye health supplement that has many of those, uh, or some of them, some of those ingredients. That's my personal take on things. But again, most uh, ophthalmologists will probably say only take the supplement if you fall into this intermediate stage category. While you're not a foe of supplementation, your, your book emphasizes the use of natural sources of these nutrients and it's a it's a beautifully illustrated book you know it took great pains uh to show mouth-watering pictures of various foods that could supply the key nutrients because after all you know there may be some ineffable uh ineffable properties of foods that confer benefits beyond isolated uh, supplements so the title of the book is beyond carrots best foods for eye health a to z and uh, in part two, uh, we're going to take a look at some examples of foods, uh, some uh, routinely used and some more exotic that can be helpful for your eye health. Our guest is Dr. Rudrani Bannock. She's board certified ophthalmologist. And um, this is not a HIPAA violation. She is my eye doctor. I mean, if you said, if you said, Dr. Hoffman is my patient. That would be a HIPAA violation, but I can out myself and, and say uh, quite openly that uh, when I have eye problems, I turn to you for care, and you certainly have demonstrated your expertise on my behalf and on behalf of many patients I've referred to you. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for entrusting your eye health to me. It, it means a lot. I'm it, very, it does, very it's, honored. It's very important, and I, it, I mean, it's a big deal because, you, know, you know, I have to say, I, I sometimes hear of about you know mistakes and problems that people have you know when it comes to their eyes and uh you know it's a very very it's not something you want to uh, uh trust to someone who is less than has the highest degree of competence uh so it is a 
Certainly a tribute. Uh, okay, so good stuff. Uh, when we return, more on the subject of eye health with today's guest, Dr. Rudrani Bannock. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.